Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Parshas Vayeshev Rishon, the first Aliyah in Parshas Vayeshev. Our Parsha as a whole has 112 psukim, but our Aliyah individually has 11 psukim running from Perik Lamazain Pasuk Aleph to Yud Aleph. Let's take a brief look at the overview of our Aliyah and then some basic points to ponder. Our Aliyah is uh, on the topic of favoritism and tension. So we hear that now at this point in time that Yaakov Avinu settles down in the areas of sojourning of his father in the land of Canaan. And Eile told us Yaakov, these are the generations of Yaakov. And curiously, we hear that about Yosef. Yosef, 17 years old, he was a shepherd among his brothers. And we have some curious words. Naris b'nei Bilov, his name is Zilpah b'nei Aviv. And it sounds like he's spending more time with the B'nai HaShvachos, the, the children of the, the, the maidservants of his father and mothers. And uh, and was doing some bad reporting on some of the brothers out there. In the meantime, we know that Yisrael, Yaakov, loves Yosef more than the rest of the brothers because he is a Ben Zekunim, a son of his old age. And he makes him a Kassanes Pasin, his beautiful coat, which is meant to distinguish and show his specific love for him. Um, the brothers were not able to speak to him out of their hate for him. Now, in the, mean, in the middle of all of this, Yosef has two dreams. The first dream he tells to his brothers, and the, the dream is, is that he, the, he and his brothers were busy gathering grain in the field, and the grain bundle of Yosef stands up, remains standing, and all the other um, grains, the bundles of the brothers, gather around Yosef's one and bow down to it. And the brothers respond by saying, you trying to rule over us? You're trying to gain power over us? And they continued to hate him because his, now his dreams collaborated, corroborated his, his idea. This, 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 this young upstart who really thinks much more of himself than they, than they think really truly is. And then he has a second dream, and this dream he now tells in front of his father and brothers. And in this dream, he talks about the, how he sees the, 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 the Shemesh, the Arach, the sun, the moon. 12, 11 stars bowing down to him and he tells his father and his father gets upset with him and he says, well, what is this dream? Are we going to all, you know, bow down to you? Um, and his brothers continue to uh, um, be envious of him and his father, Shomar Esadavari, keeps or he guards the matter. Very curious, Aliyah, very interesting set of circumstances. A few basic points to ponder and that is number one. The first is that it, it describes the Toldos Yaakov, the generations of Yaakov by going into the description of Yosef. Well, he has other brothers. Why? is it that the Torah is focusing that the Toldos Yaakov, the generations of Yaakov, are only Yosef. Rashi presents three different interpretations of this. The first is that the word Toldos doesn't mean only the biological outcome of Yaakov, you know, because he had certainly many other children. It's referring to how is it that the future of Yaakov unfolded in a way that led to his destiny. Well, the truth is that there was one young man whose actions and life led to the change in Yaakov Vino's future, and that is Yosef. Because of Yosef's story, the saga continues and the legacy changes because of that. That's what's being told to us at the beginning. The next thing we hear, the next option that Rashi says is that um, um, Yosef was the child of the wife that he specifically chose. He loved Rachel, he chose Rachel as a wife. This is the first child, so so the, um, ultimately... Um, because uh, in the future, Yosef and Yaakov's um, journeys would be very similar. They would have to be foreigners, they would be exiles, they would be hated in the place they were in, and people would be jealous of them. In a certain sense, he really was, Yosef really was the Toldos Yaakov, the generations of Yaakov. He was the apple of his eye, his exemplar, his son, the one he wanted.
Finally, another third possibility Rashi explains is that Yaakov wanted to live in serenity because Yaakov Leishev Beshalva Kovats Alav Yosef, and this whole episode of Yosef happened to him. So, really, what's uh, being described over here is not just the generations of Yaakov, but really what led to the outcome, the next steps in his life, was because of this episode of Yosef as Yaakov wanted to Vayeshev, as he wanted to rest. This was certainly not rest, and Yaakov was not destined to have rest at this point. Next question, what does it mean that Yosef was a ben zakunim of his father? So, the most basic idea, as Rashi explains, is that he was born in his father's old age. Yosef was younger than the rest of the brothers. Well, that that, that idea runs into a little bit of trouble in the sense that Binyamin is more of ben zakunim. Binyamin is his younger brother, was a number of years junior to him, so that sure, certainly should have been the, the title given to Binyamin, not to Yosef. Unless one says that the child who's born youngest, even though they are not youngest in the end, there's going to be another child born below them. They're still considered the youngest in certain regards, maybe, perhaps. Rashi says another option is that they looked the same. They had the same demus diunkoi. They had the same um, face. So he was a benzokun, and Yaakov always favored him in that respect as well. But finally, Rashi gives a very curious explanation based on the Targum Unculus, the Aramaic translation of Unculus, that in fact he taught him all that he learned. What does that mean? That's understood to mean the Torah's shame ve'ever. The the, the 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 Torah learned of Shem Ve'ever. Very strange. We hear about this mysterious yeshiva of Shem Ve'ever. And it appears at all kinds of different junctures. But what does it really mean? So we meet it a few times. We meet it that when Rivka doesn't know why she's having trouble with her pregnancy. She goes to seek out God. Rashi quotes that she goes to Shem to hear what Hashem has to say. We also hear that when Yaakov goes to Haran in Pashas Vayetze, we hear that um, there's a 14-year gap in the, in the timeline in which he goes to the uh, Yeshua's Shem Ve'ever. And now we hear again Yaakov teaching that Torah's Shem Ve'ever to his son Yosef. But it's very curious because in the end of the day, um, Yitzhak could also teach Torah. Avram could also teach Torah. Why is it that they were not consulted? What is the difference between the Torah's Shem Ve'ever and the Torah, the meditation, the ideas, the spiritual concepts that the family already has as well? So it's a very beautiful essay by Rabbi Yaakov Kavinetsky, which is found in Emes Yaakov in a number of places in his commentary on the Torah. So it has to be put all together in some much longer sheer and discussion, which I've given in other venues. But uh, the, the general gist of the idea is that the Torah's Shem Ever is about what it means to live in a, with monotheistic beliefs in, a, in an uh, adverse and diverse world around one. Shem lives through the generation of the marble. Aver lived through the generation of the Hapalaga, the, the dispersion, and they were able to maintain their values despite the fact that everything around them was was in free fall. And what's being said over here is that the Torah's Shem Aver is used and is incorporated at times where d- adversity is about to be met. So when Yaakov is about to go to the house of Lavan, the Torah of Yitzchak Avinu and Avram Avinu is not going to be sufficient to help him um, navigate the very difficult environment of Lavan. He needs to learn the Torah's Shem Ve'ever, the Torah of Golas. When Ye- Yaakov knows that Ye- Yosef is going to be like himself and is going to have to, somehow prophetically he knows he's going to have to go through the adversity of being a foreigner in foreign lands, he has to teach him the, the Torah's Shem Ve'ever as well. That's why it's Shem who's able to give an answer to Rivka, not her father, her, her father-in-law, not her husband, about what the the capacity of a Esav is going to be, what the suffering of Yaakov is going to be as well. And we see this later on in Yosef's policies. Yosef is able to be a stellar example of what it means to be really truly a student of the Torah of Shem Ve'ever as well. So that could be possibly what's going on over here. Of course, there's a lot more that can be discussed.
Another question. What does it mean that Yosef, Vayavei Yosef is Dibosam Ra'el Abihem? He brought their, their negative tidings back to his father. Rashi says he accused the brothers of three things. Number one, eating Avim and Achai, eating limbs of still living animals, treating the Bnei Ashvachos, the children of Bila and Zilpa, in a, in a, in a disregarding fashion, in a fashion treating them like slaves, and also immoral behavior. Then Rashi points out that Yosef got uh, received punishment for each of these in measure. So uh, when he was kidnapped, a goat was slaughtered for his alibi, corresponding to the Ever Menachai accusation. The, he was sold as a slave, corresponding to the, the accusation of how they treated the slaves. And there was the Aishas Potiphar, this, the, the seduction that he has to um, overcome later on in his journeys, all because of his Diba Ra. Now this doesn't mean to say that, that he wasn't reporting faithfully. It could be that these were in fact true things that he was describing but perhaps this is not the correct way it should have been done um, the Lashon Hara is still considered punishable very difficult understanding many of us take these to be metaphoric as well but um, nonetheless this, this sort of sets the tone for exacerbating that favoritism which already exists now, why is, what is the meaning of these two dreams, the, the grains and the sun and the moon and the stars? Why do we need two dreams? Aren't they, aren't they saying the same thing? So the note that the first dream only has um, the grain bundles. It doesn't have uh, the father figure or the mother figure in it. So that's why the audience of the first dream is only the brothers. The audience of the second dream is also Yaakov because Yaakov seems to be represented as the son. In this case, he's the symbol of the sun, so that's why it's presented to him as well, as opposed to the first dream. That should just be noted. But more than that is Rav Schwab points out that the first dream is about bread, and um, the second one is about celestial beings. The first indicates that, that he's going to be the physical leader, the financier, and the second one is about spiritual leadership. So those are two separate concepts which are being conveyed over here. The Malvin points out that perhaps the first dream teaches three things. Number one is that power will come through grain which is fascinating because right now they're all shepherds. They don't deal in farming. They're not producing crops. Number two is that Yosef will, be for, will force them to, ac uh, to acknowledge that he will um, be the king. That's when their grain bundles are bowing down, but they'll also surround him, which will indicate an element of choice as well. Those are the three things. However, when he presents dream number two, it's more of in the sense of grandeur. It's without context. It's not in the field. It seems to be in a more honorable environment. And even his father and wives are bowing down to him. Yosef felt that the second dream is so strange argues the Malbim, that it's so preposterous that it would clearly show the brothers that the first dream wasn't really to be taken so seriously, so they shouldn't get so upset. Unfortunately, it had the, the opposite impact, and the brothers just thought that this, the delusions of grandeur had no end, and therefore it actually made exacerbated their hate for him as well. Finally, one last comment is, what's the closing words that Aliyah are, Vaviv Shomar Es Adavar, what does that mean that he is Shomar? Shomar usually means to keep or to guard. So, um, Rashi says, His father believed in him. His father believed the dreams would happen. His father knew this and he was anticipating its arrival. The Abtar of the Oyu Yisrael says a very beautiful thing. He says, that explains what the term Shomer Shabbos is meant to be. Shomer Shabbos doesn't mean to be a person who punctiliously guards the Shabbos and does all the halachas. Yes, that's, that's obvious. It's more than that. Shomer Shabbos. The reason why we call such a person in such a way is because it comes from the same word, Shomar, which is Mamtin Awaiting, desperately wanting to be part of this experience, wanting Shabbos, not just abiding by Shabbos. That's, that's the difference between a, a person who abides by Shabbos and a person who is Shomer Shabbos. With this, we close the first idea. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful.